You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 5th, 2018. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore OMD. On today's episode, we're going to talk all about the Magic's game against the Dallas Mavericks, a victory over at the Amway Center, and Mahonen specifically on Aaron Gordon and why he broke out offensively and what he's trying to accomplish the rest of the season, of course. A lot to get to before we get there. I do want to remind everyone that you can check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by going to iTunes, iTunes, Stitcher, tune in all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast enable listening device just search for locked on and the team you're looking for we're highlighting a special episode this week locked on wolves had jeremy Wu of sports illustrated he is the famed i guess famed draft guy for sports illustrated they talk all about the nba draft with locked on wolves um wolves obviously drafting probably middle of the first round more than the beginning but good to get get up to speed on what's going on with the NBA draft. We'll be diving into draft stuff once the season ends, I am sure. Um, we've done a lot of draft stuff already, but we'll dive, in, dive into it even more as the season enters its final week. That's, that's exciting. Final week of the season. But let's get into this game first. The Orlando Magic taking on the, the Dallas Mavericks, not the Minnesota Timberwolves, taking on the Dallas Mavericks uh, in a game that, uh, quite frankly... Um, I don't think the way the rotations were built, either team was particularly interested in winning. For the second straight game, the Orlando Magic finished with their bench guys. It was uh, Mario Azonia, Shelvin Mack, Jamel Artis, Rodney Purvis or Wessowundu, and Ken Birch finishing the game for the Magic. Aaron Gordon did not play in the fourth quarter despite a strong offensive effort. Dismack Biombo did not play in the fourth quarter despite a strong offensive effort. DJ Augustin did not play. This was about the young guys. Um, that's something that, that that Vogel wants to do. It's it's building trust with some of these guys who may be trying to fight for a roster spot next year who the Magic have invested some time in and giving them an opportunity to play. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And, and Dallas, to some extent, I don't think there's anything wrong necessarily with what they did either. The Mavericks decided to sit pretty much every player that you've heard of from the from their team. No Dirk Nowitzki, no Dennis Smith Jr., no Harrison Barnes. Um, a lot of them stayed home. Uh, Barnes was there, Smith was there, uh, Dirk was not there. Um, and so Dallas was extremely undermanned. And their rotations were a little fishy at times. Maxi Kleber played less than 12 minutes, shot 5 for 5, 2 for 2 from beyond the arc, single-handedly brought Dallas back into the game in the second quarter. Sparked a run as well in the fourth quarter that made this one a tight game and Got pulled. So, to those who were are tankers or thought that this was a quote-unquote must-lose game, that doesn't exist. Dallas still played ridiculously hard um, and, and still made this a game, made this a tight game. But, yeah, it felt like Dallas, it, it, didn't, it, it, it did not look good for Dallas. But you don't want to comment too much about them. Um, I, 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 as I've said on this podcast several times, you worry about yourself. You worry about what you're trying to accomplish, what you're trying to do. And if the Magic are essentially trying to accomplish um, getting these young guys playing time, getting them into the flow of the offense, and, and getting wins at the end of the day with these young players, the Magic once again accomplished that. Orlando led for much of the game. They led by as much as 14 points in the first half. 
It was a really nip-and-tuck affair, kind of like the game against the Knicks, except the Magic weren't able to pull away. And in fact, as the Magic seemed about to pull away, I think they were up 90-81 to at one point, Dallas came storming back, and it was all of a sudden a game. It was all about who was going to make plays, who was going to make shots to win the game. And that turned out to be the Magic time and time again. Shaking off a poor shooting night, Mario Azonia hit a big jumper to put the Magic up by three after getting a stop. Orlando was able to go up by five thanks to two free throws from Ken Birch. Uh, then Orlando's defense did the rest. Um, you know, it's kind of a dumb play from Ken Birch to, to goaltend on the very next possession, but they back up by five, back up by four. Hizonia blocked a three-pointer. Um, you know, Magic made their free throws and held on for a 105-100 to victory. Again, not the prettiest game by any stretch of the Magic, or not the prettiest game by any stretch of the imagination. Um, turned the ball over 13 times, shot only 45% from the floor. Um, you know, just a lot of sloppy play at times. It felt like every time Orlando was going to just inch ahead, they made like a play that just killed a lot of their momentum. Um, or Dallas got got made a cup, made a string of shots, but they were never able to get over the hump and, and take the lead. Uh, it was just that kind of a game, I think. It was just that kind of a weird, weird game for for the Magic as well as for the Mavericks. And and really, like the last few games have, it, it came down to just pure effort. And and both teams were giving effort. Um, you know, I think while a lot of people wanted to call this like a tank watch game or call this a game that 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 the winner was really the team that lost. It didn't feel that way watching the players play. It, it might not have been the most talent-rich game. It might not have been a game with a lot of clean NBA basketball. But both teams were playing extremely hard. And it just came down to who made shots at the end. And the Magic more consistently made shots throughout the game. I would think it was fair to say the Magic had more talent compared uh, certainly to who was available. And Orlando was the better team overall. Orlando got great contributions throughout their roster. They got uh, big moments from several key players and from several players that, that you want to see key moments from and you feel good to see key moments from considering everything that they've done, uh, had to go through and, and been through this season. And you got to see some good play from the starters. I mean, it, it might have had a little bit of a preseason vibe to it, although I think the, I thought the crowd was very engaged. Uh, an announced attendance of 18 112 that's probably not, there probably weren't 18,000 people at this game, but it was definitely a full building at the Amway Center, so kudos to the Magic for selling tickets however they did it uh, to this one. But, you know, I think you, the Magic played a really good game. Uh, I, I found very little to complain about. Again, a little sloppy at times, uh, but all in all, considering the circumstances of this game, I, I think there's a lot to like about the way the Magic played. Were they good enough to beat maybe Charlotte, who they play Friday, or Toronto, who they play Sunday? Probably not. They'll have to be a lot sharper, uh, especially on defense, I think. Um, and, and, and again, when you get the opportunity to put your foot down, you got to put your foot down. But uh, coming off of back-to-back, I thought Orlando played with great energy, played with great heart, great played with great hustle. Um, really, it was a close game, and they won it. Um, and, and, and the young players won it. Rodney Purvis, Jamel Artis, Ken Birch, Mario Zonia. They made the plays they needed to win the game. Uh, and definitely a weakened opponent, definitely an opponent they could take advantage of, and they did. And I get that that moves the Magic down from fourth to fifth in the lottery standings. Actually, uh, let me check that real fast now that the games are over for the evening. Um, it actually, the Magic now fourth, now now fifth in the lottery standings, uh, you know, half game behind Dallas for fourth, half game ahead of Sacramento for sixth, a game ahead of Brooklyn for seventh. 
yeah, it it hurt the lottery odds a little bit, but you know, players are trying to win the game, and and I think you can fairly say the Magic played their end of bench guys to to get this to get this win, uh, but. Overall, a really, really nice game from Orlando. Overall, again, I, I just I, I found so little to complain about, and and it was just a good effort overall. Let's dive into the stats real fast and hear a little bit from the players themselves uh, as we get into things. Let's start with Aaron Gordon. Twenty points, eight for sixteen shooting, two for six from beyond the arc, four rebounds. Uh, scored 16 of his 20 points in the first quarter. Got off to such a great start. I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into him and what this game, you know, what this game shows about what he's trying to work on and what he's trying to accomplish the rest of the season. But really played under control. Got out in transition a lot more. We saw less of the kind of aimless dribbling that he that he does sometimes, and more just reacting quickly. Number one, driving quickly. And keeping the ball moving if nothing was there. And, and Gordon has really improved his passing and made some really nice passes as well. But he's best when he's on the receiving end of those passes, especially in transition. So Aaron Gordon gets a, got, had a really, really nice game, I thought, overall. Cooled off after that first quarter. Um, certainly, I think some of that has to do with the circumstances of the game. If this had a little bit more meaning behind it, um, you know, definitely had that feeling that Gordon was going to have a special night. Um, but he didn't need to have a special night. And the Magic only played him 25 minutes, 25-41 in the game. So didn't need to put him in that position, in that situation. Bismack Biombo, 12 points, 4 for 4 shooting, 12 rebounds, 6 offensive rebounds, career high 5 assists for Biombo. Um, really nice night for Biombo. Nikola Vucevic did not play in this game, just a, a scheduled rest day for him. Um, Frank Vogel actually said he wanted to rest Biombo against the Knicks, but he's in line to play all 82 games, so he wanted to give Biombo that opportunity to do so. Biombo played really, really well. When he starts, he does make an impact. There's definitely an increased energy in him, uh, you know. And it's curious what would happen if if you started him a few more times. Um, obviously, still has those offensive shortcomings. Was probably a, you know a little too exuberant at times. I thought he got himself out of position a few times trying to block shots or trying to contest shots, but Undoubtedly, there's a real thing where he can test shots, where he um, is is able to uh, really able to to change things in the paint. And so, a really nice game from Bismack Biombo. Had him on triple double watch in the first half. Didn't play much in the second half, but you know, 12, 12, and five is is, is an incredible stat line. Five assists, not five blocks, but that's an incredible stat line for Bismack Biombo. Really, really nice game for him, and I think it's important to note that as well. Mario Azonia, 12 points, 5 for 14 shooting, 3 blocks, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. Did a little bit of everything except shoot the ball effectively. Now, I feel like people think I go hard on Hazonia, and maybe I'm a little too hard on Hazonia at times, but um, he had a really good game. And I think what's really been great about the way Hazonia is playing of late and playing throughout the season is he's getting to a point where he can make positive contributions without scoring and without shooting. And that's a really big deal for Mario Azonia. That's something that he wasn't doing uh, last year, certainly, when he couldn't shoot. And wasn't doing even earlier this season. So now, Azonia is starting to make shots and is starting to do other things on the floor. And you can just kind of see how comfortable he is out there and in crunch time, it was him with the ball in his hands kind of directing traffic and being the point forward. He had a couple really nice passes, had a really nice alley-oop jam 
Um, highlight of the night was his his jumping bounce pass to to his to Aaron Gordon on the run. It was from about mid court to the free throw line. He delivered a bounce pass to Gordon and hit him in stride. It was just absolutely incredible. You see why he was the fifth overall pick in the draft a few years ago. That talent shows up. It just hasn't shown up enough. And you know, shooting five for fourteen, I thought his shot selection was okay. Um, missed a lot of open shots. Uh, he's got to be more reliable as a shooter. That's still what's going to hold him back in the end is he's got to prove that he's a reliable shooter. There's no reason he shouldn't be because he's starting to do a lot of other things really well. He's driving to the basket better. He's showing off the passing at power forward. He's really worked well defensively, um, and he's improved a lot there. He's still got a long way to go, but he's improved a lot there. Um, and so this was a really strong game from his where he helped finish things off and, and, and built the confidence that he needed. I mean, of course, you know, when you, when you win, it's... it's <laughs> When you win, it's always better, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it, you just have to keep uh, growing from uh, game to game. Uh, now, in, in in your particular question, it doesn't matter uh, win or lose; you still have to uh, react. But uh, of course, when you win, uh, you get uh, extra uh, confidence. You add extra stuff uh, to your game, and going to the next game, you add, add more stuff, and you are um, more in the rhythm. I would say for sure. That's uh, Magic Forward Mario Azonia. And he also mentioned later on uh, that, you know, part of the reason why he feels so much more confident and looks so much more comfortable is simply playing time. Playing time matters in this league. And and, and for sure, Azonia's growth was stunted a little bit by not having the playing time and not being allowed to make mistakes and not being allowed to kind of correct himself at times. And, you know, maybe there's some revisionist history there because I think Azonia had made a lot of the similar mistakes and, uh, and, you know, had a, he def- definitely had a shorter leash than maybe he should have, but um, definitely, you know, definitely playing time has helped him and, and helped him grow. Played 34-43 in this game, uh, most minutes on the team. He's had a few games like that. Still struggling to make a shot again, but contributing in other ways, and that's that's such a big deal. And late in the game, Hazonia was the one that made the big shot to make it a three-point game, uh, made a couple nice plays, made some good defensive plays late in the game. So he has taken some big, big steps, and, and this was another big confidence builder for him uh, as he closed the game as the guy. He really did, and, and did a good job to get the Magic's second straight win uh, with that role. Guy that he really likes and, and likes playing with, uh, Jamel Artis with another career game, followed up Tuesday night's career high with a career high 18 points, 8 for 13 shooting, 1 for 3 from beyond the arc. Um, I, I really like... What's, what's, what's really great about Jamel Artis uh, so far is is he's really playing within himself. You don't see him trying to force things or trying to show himself off or make himself look like uh, maybe a better player than he is. Um, he, he gets the ball off of reversals and he gets the ball in spots and is just really smart about knowing when it's his turn to shoot or when, it's, when he should shoot, knowing how to space the floor. His spacing is really good. And if it's not there, when to attack or when to move on. And, and I think that's really valuable. I mean, if you're a guy in Jamel Artis's situation, you need to know how to fit into a team. And, and so far, Artis has really done that. And I think we're seeing the, res- the, the results of that in his individual numbers, where he is not, he's really just fitting into the team concept. He's really just doing what his team needs him to do at that moment. Uh, and that's that's big, obviously. And 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 artists playing two two games, looking a lot more comfortable at the NBA level, looking a lot better, and and playing again with confidence. You know, it's just how we're um, standing in the gym, being confident. 
Uh, my teammates believe in me a lot, so you know, once my name is called, I want to go out there and you know, do what I've been doing my whole life, uh, play the game the right way. Uh, everything will fall in place. And so artists making the most of this opportunity now with the Magic again, 18 points, 8 for 13 shooting, another really nice night for Jamel Artis on the offensive end. Orlando as a team shoots 45.3% from the floor, 8 for 29 from beyond the arc, 19 for 27 from the foul line. Good to see the Magic get to the foul line like that. 13 turnovers give lead to 14 Mavericks points. Dallas led by Jalen Jones off the bench with 16 points. Maxi Kleber had 12 Dorian Finney-Smith, Jonathan Motley with 14 each. Aaron Harrison with 13. They shoot 43.8% from the floor, 10 for 30 from beyond the arc, 12 for 17 from the foul line, 11 offensive rebounds, 12 turnovers for them. They score only 49 points in the second half, so do the Magic, uh, as they hold on for a 105-100 to win, their second straight victory, as they get ready to finish this homestand, this kind of final homestand, Friday night against the Charlotte Hornets. Again, the final score... The Orlando Magic 105, the Dallas Mavericks 100. And, you know, increasingly, the the focus obviously is on the future of this team. Uh, there's the, the, that's, that's where it should be at this point. The, the games have lost meaning. We all see the end of the road. I think even the players do to some extent. Four games remain in the NBA season for the Orlando Magic. And, it, you know, I'm a big proponent of, yes, building culture is important and wins are still important because you, you build things brick by brick. You build habits brick by brick. And players do play hard and try to win. But I'll, I'll fully admit that, yeah, there, there isn't going to be a lot of carryover when Rodney Purvis and, and Jamel Artis and Mario Zonia are the guys leading you to victories. Take that for whatever you will. But there are still things the Magic need to accomplish or Magic should be trying to accomplish. And Frank Vogel, Frank Vogel said this too. I mean, we're, you know, I asked him this, uh, you know, knowing the schedule that's coming up now, uh, that uh, before the game I asked him this, you know, last year you said you want to keep the integrity of games for teams that are still fighting for playoff positioning. The Charlotte Hornets are not one on Friday, but the Magic close at Toronto, at Milwaukee versus Washington. Those are three playoff teams. He said it's going to kind of be a case-by-case basis, but I would venture to guess Aaron Gordon, Bismack Biyombo, the starting lineup, will be the one closing those games. But, Vogel said, it's a case-by-case basis. There are still things we want to accomplish. And I think one of those things is getting a final reading of Aaron Gordon. Now, games at this stage are not going to change conclusions. I think it's interesting right now with all the injuries out, put the ball in Aaron Gordon's hands and let him really be the alpha. But I think he has been already. So what more is there really to learn about Aaron Gordon as the Magic make this big contractual financial decision? There's still a lot. Because there's still a lot more for Aaron Gordon to grow. Aaron Gordon needs these reps. May not need necessarily maybe the closing time reps or, the, or, or or anything like that, but he needs these reps to continue exploring his game and do things in the right way. And to me, and I mentioned this on Monday's episode of Locked on Magic, to me, that's what was so disappointing about his last three games. Entering in, the, in his three games before Wednesday night, 
Aaron Gordon had shot 13 of 49. That's bad. Especially against teams like Chicago and Atlanta and New York. Teams that don't have much to play for. You want to see Aaron Gordon dominate. But he didn't. And Gordon, I think for one reason or another, was just struggling with his shot. He was getting some good looks against Chicago, but largely settling on the perimeter, largely settling for jumpers. Against Atlanta, it felt like he was very invisible, and he had a big burst in the third quarter of both of those games. But largely faded into the background. New York, I thought, was different. As I mentioned yesterday on yesterday's show, I thought against New York, he was aggressive, was assertive, um, took good shots and just missed them, and found other ways to impact the game. I thought his defense was good. I thought his passing was good. Um, he found a way to impact that game despite his poor shooting. He was 3 for 15, I think 0 for 8 from beyond the arc. Undoubtedly, the Magic, most nights, will need Gordon to shoot the ball a little bit better than that. Not just a little bit better than that, a lot better than that. To be a little bit more efficient. To, to produce points, because the Magic are short on offense right now. And it's something that the Magic are still discussing with him. Shot selection is still very big as the Magic try and figure out who Aaron Gordon is. Yeah, it was an important night for him. He had a tough, tough night, tough last couple of games, really. And, uh, you know, he's been, uh, we've, we've been talking one on one about, you know, getting him going and, and just, you know, taking the right shots and playing within himself more and, and letting the game come to him rather than forcing. And, um, yeah, I think he did a great job with that tonight, and as a result, shot high percentage. Magic coach Frank Vogel there. Um, Aaron Gordon ends the game again. 20 points, 8 for 16 shooting, scored 16 of those 20 in the first quarter. So the Magic got him off to a really good start, and I thought what they did that was really, really interesting, and something that um, I think it was Aaron, I think Aaron said this, he, he's, you know, and, and Vogel mentioned this too. Aaron said, I, I have to make sure my first shot doesn't have a high degree of difficulty. When 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 he when I when I it seemed like he was saying when he takes shots that are difficult to start the game, it kind of throws him off rhythm. And and remember, Aaron Gordon is not a natural shooter. He didn't come into the league as a shooter. Him shooting what thirty four percent from beyond the arc. He's probably I think around thirty three now. Him shooting at thirty four percent from beyond the arc is a tremendous improvement over the last few years. And I imagine it will continue to get better. It's a shot he's very comfortable with. The volume that he's shooting threes at this year is significantly greater than any previous season. So Gordon kind of vowed in this game to make sure his first shot, or his first couple shots, were good shots, were easy shots to just get that flow and rhythm going. His first shot, of course, on, on Wednesday was a dunk off a Wesley Wessawundu rebound. Early in the first quarter, Mario Zonia had that amazing bounce cross-court bounce pass to Gordon for a jam. He was getting to the basket, something that he was not doing the last few games. And that did indeed set him up elsewhere. Orlando also really worked hard to force-feed him the ball in the post. And Gordon's po- post work needs a, lot of, needs a lot of work. He needs to improve his post game. But he was able to get near the basket able to get into rhythm with his fadeaway jumper, and that unleashed him offensively. 
it was a good start for Aaron Gordon. And Aaron Gordon's confidence slowly, slowly rose. Again, that's a good sign. And that's the kind of thinking that I think Aaron Gordon needs to continue to, to build off of. Throughout the season, one of my big criticisms, and I think a big criticism from fans, has been Gordon's tendency to kind of just wander around with his dribble, to over-dribble to kind of create an isolation shot. That's not his game. And when that happens, the offense slows to a crawl. If he moves the ball, it's too late to do anything. It forces him into a bad shot. And you shouldn't be taking those. As Vogel noted, as, as Gordon kind of seems to recognize, at least verbally, whether he recognizes that on the floor is another question, his best offense still comes within the flow of the offense. When he attacks quickly, when he makes decisions quickly, when he moves the ball, um, if there's nothing there, uh, and when he gets to the basket, especially in transition, that's where his athleticism matters. Gordon still has a lot of improvement to make offensively. I don't think we're, we're seeing a final product of Aaron Gordon offensively. And what's unfortunate is the Magic have to make this big financial decision probably in a summer where Gordon is either going to make the biggest growth he's made offensively or continue this growth that he's made offensively or kind of stagnate. And if he stagnates, then this is probably what he is. If he continues to grow, then the Magic really do have something. And that's the bet the Magic are making on Aaron Gordon. That at 22 years old, after this huge summer of improvement, that Gordon will continue to improve. Because the the slope of his improvement right now, or the slope of what he can be, goes up dramatically if he continues to improve. Now all of a sudden, he does look like an all-star. I mean, he's averaging 18 points per game, and we're complaining a lot about, about him and saying, okay, this these are his weaknesses, these are his flaws, or am I really willing to pay for that? Gordon still has a lot to learn about being on the ball and having this responsibility as as the main guy on a team. And so these final four games, you want to see him break those bad habits of the previous three, of much of this season, and begin building some new habits. Because if his shot selection is more similar to what it was against Dallas on Wednesday, and I granted, I know it's Dallas, He'll have results like this. Gordon can score effortlessly. He can score a lot without running a ton of plays for him. The Magic are running a lot of stuff through Aaron Gordon. But certainly the Magic can work on this throughout the rest of the season and get Gordon into that right frame of mind of the kind of shots that he needs to look for and pick up games and the kind of shots he needs to be working on throughout the summer. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. And of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. You can also check out our new website, LockedOnMagic.com. You'll get the podcast as well as some other stray thoughts. I'm actually planning on posting my playoff predictions on LockedOnMagic.com, exclusive to LockedOnMagic.com. So be sure to check that out next week. Um, I, I post some discussion starters on there as well as share what I'm reading and what I'm thinking about over the course of the season. So definitely check that out, LockedOnMagic.com. You can, of course, subscribe to the podcast as well on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. 
Coming up tomorrow on Locked On Magic, I'm hoping we'll have a guest on the show. We'll we'll discuss uh, the the whole season, really recap the season a little bit as we head into these final four games. And yes, we'll finally have the great tank debate. Sure, certainly seems relevant after Wednesday's win. You can of course follow me on Twitter at Philip underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including including our Orlando Magic Daily Roundtable Roundtable Rounding for Home. Be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com and follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. I would be remiss if I did not end the show or at least mention some point in the show. A big congratulations to the new members of the Magic family, the six players who were drafted to Magic Gaming. I'm still learning all your names. I'm still learning a little bit more about the 2K League, but a big congratulations to those those six guys drafted to Magic Gaming. Excited to see what the NBA 2K League brings and, and happy to have you guys uh, wearing the magic ba- the magic color and the magic banner uh, as this this grand experiment from the NBA, this this huge investment uh, gets started. Um, going to be really interesting. I, I know people still kind of scoff at the idea, but it is definitely going to be a, a very interesting experiment that the NBA is going to be running this year with the NBA 2K League. And I know it's, it's, it's a lot of these guys are, are really thrilled for this opportunity. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank everyone again for listening. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I will see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.